This is the Bread and Wine Podcast, where we discuss overall the question, what does it look like for everyday people to engage the world like Jesus? We invite everyone, all of our friends, whether you're friends or not, anyone to listen, whether you follow Jesus, whether you don't follow Jesus, whether you love him, or whether you're like, I don't know about this guy, we invite for you to just hang out and spend some time with us. Yeah, right. just just enjoy listening uh, to you know what we know about Jesus, what we've come to know, uh, what we believe the scriptures say about him, um, and and how we can begin to engage the world like he did. Because whether you believe it or not, you can definitely say and see that uh, he changed the world in many ways. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. So the question, back to the question today, is what does it mean to follow Jesus? I think that that's a huge question that a 30-minute podcast, we're not going to be able to answer the that, but we're going to be able to answer it fully, but we're going to be able to put our toes in the water and begin to discuss it a little bit. And the reason that we decided to ask this question this week was last week, uh, we said our podcast was Jesus Goes Fishing. And we talked about when Jesus called his disciples, and when he called them, he simply said, hey, come follow me. He didn't ask them to sign a theological statement. He didn't ask them to believe in him right away. Yeah. He just said, hey, if you're interested in me and what I'm doing, come follow me. Yeah. And, and this is, uh, you know, even I think a, a bigger topic for us because Jesus isn't physically here right now. Sure. And so it's a big question to say, well, you know, when Jesus was on the earth, come follow him meant physically let me come follow you. Let me eat with you. Let me live with you. Let me go where you walk. Let me let me live in your life. And now, you know, Jesus, you know, as we believe, is ascended into heaven, and and there's still the calling, come and follow me. And so we yeah. wanted to talk about that. What practically, how do we follow Jesus now, two thousand years after he's ascended into heaven, and and how can we begin to do that every single day? Yeah, and I think we talked about starting this podcast with kind of Seth's a paradigm shift that he had. So Seth, so Seth, tell folks, first of all, when you decided, hey, you know what? This Jesus thing is for real. I'm going to I'm gonna start following him. How old were you about? What was going on? Yeah, so so my journey, um, it started, I guess, when I was a little kid. Um, I, I really had a strong calling towards Jesus. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I said the sinner's prayer, as we're all kind of familiar with, where you know, a lot of pastors and you know say, repeat after me if you wanna if you wanna be saved, repent ap- repeat after me, and, and you go through, you know, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, and uh, today I choose to follow you, and and all that, and and I did that then, um, but I would say I, I what I wouldn't say I was actually following Jesus mm. until I was about in seventh or eighth grade, um, and I, as I began to do that, um, I don't which know, is I, really young though, it's for- young, it's young. And what that looked like for me was like, I, I actually started to engage with him in relationship uh, around that age. And I started to understand there is a deep calling from him mm. not to just be saved, uh, but to live my everyday life, every moment in communion, in union with wow. him. So you're young and you do that. Now, that is not the story of most people. Uh, to be real, sure. like there's 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 people who maybe get baptized when they're young or decide, like you said, to pray a prayer, but like they don't really get serious about their faith until later. I mean, maybe they give up on their faith and come back to faith. But you like here's one thing you're going to get to know about Seth. He's pretty much all in on whatever he does. 
he likes to say full send a lot. Full send. What the kids say. Just get it done. He's just like, let's go. Um, so he's he's a little bit, uh, sometimes we call this guy a unicorn a little bit because he's a little different than than some of the other folks. Me, on the other hand, grew up in church and didn't get really serious about my faith till I was you know 18 years old or something like that, around that age. So um, yeah, when I was in eighth grade, I probably would say I cared, but I really, really didn't care. So Seth, you are, you know, you're doing all this. You are, this guy is going out and sharing his faith in Nashville. So we're in middle Tennessee. If you didn't know, he's sharing his faith in Nashville. He's going out with a group of people. They're going every night, worshiping, praising God, singing songs, and then going out to the streets of Nashville to share Jesus, pray for people, pray for the sick, pray for whatever, right? Whatever needs they have. Yeah. And then in the midst of all that, that is not a bad thing. I don't think you anyone would say it's a bad thing, but you had a little bit of a paradigm shift. And I think that that is kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. making a commitment to Jesus versus actually really following him yeah. are two different things. So what happened? Yeah. So, uh, you know, even from that point in eighth grade, I had a strong desire and heart to share Jesus with people. But what that looked for me at the time was invite them to church. Because that's what that's all I knew. That's all I was told. That's that's how you got somebody to be saved is if you invite them to your church and they heard your pastor you preach a great sermon. Yeah, and and you know they raised their hand and they received Jesus said the sinner's prayer, um, and so that's all that I knew. And so that's what I walked out in. Um, and even in high school, uh, you know, I, I had these great relationships and bonds with people, and I had a lot of influence in my high school. And so people would listen to me. This guy's never met a a. Um... <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> never met a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> Not a stranger would be the actual term there. And sorry if I threw you off. but th- So I'm just trying to paint that picture. Like he says, what's up, guy? What's up, girl? And they're high-fiving everybody. And that's just what he, that's how he lives. We go to the gym together. He's like, what's up, dude? And sometimes people are like, do I know you? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. That's a, I love it. Yeah. And so, you know, that was me in high school. And, um, but my goal in high school was really just to get somebody to the point of saying the sinner's prayer. Gotcha. And so I did this for a lot of people. Uh, I would share Jesus with them, and, and finally they would come around. Like I remember even in football camp one year, I'd, I'd shared the gospel with this guy so many times, and then finally one day he came to me and said, hey, I'm ready to follow Jesus. And I was like, yes! <laughs> and I took him down the Roman road, and uh, you know he said the sinner's prayer. But then after that— and If you don't know what the Roman road <laughs> is, it's an evangelistic strategy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's an evangelistic strategy that just basically, you know, shows some scriptures that say how you get saved. Yeah. And so I had him say this in his prayer. But after that, I, I never really followed up with him. I didn't mm-hmm. have any kind of contact with him. Um, you know, I'd maybe, you know, say hey to him here and there. But my job at that point was done in my eyes. I had done my duty. So it would be similar to Jesus going up to Peter, James, John, any of these guys. Instead of saying, follow me, say, hey, believe, believe in me. I am, you know, Messiah. And then they say, yes, I believe. And then him walking away and not calling them to anything else. Yeah. And that's what I did. And, and looking at the fruit from that, you know, two, three, four, five years later, several people I did that with most of them, a lot of them, uh, I look back at their life and they're, they're, it's a lot of us in shambles. Yeah. Um, and they're not following Jesus. They don't even believe in God. They're they're so lost and confused. And and I've even went back to one of those guys and said, Man, I'm sorry I did this. And he was like, Yeah, I was wondering what that was all about. Like I came to this big decision moment and I just never really heard from you again. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really 
it was really starting to hit me hard. And John kind of helped me open my eyes to kind of the reality that what I was doing, I wasn't really making disciples. I was, I was having people repeat a creed and signing their allegiance to something and someone that they didn't really know. Yeah, a couple things about that. Um, I don't want to call out any organizations, but there is an organization that goes out, and it's a big organization that does missions. And honestly, they do they do some good stuff. So this is, but I don't want to say anything negative and make and paint a bad picture because. I'm all for unity in the body of Christ, but they go out with these evangelistic crusades and they get young people and they go to all these different countries and they go out and they share the gospel in the streets. Well, my friend um, shared with me that he was talking to some Buddhist monks and they said that, you know, at first we didn't know what to do with all these people. They would come and they would share and they would be like, don't talk to the people, don't talk to the people, all this kind of stuff. And what ended up happening was they said, we finally found out how to get these people to stop. Just say the magic formula. <laughs> so you have Buddhist people that are saying the sinner's prayer or this creed, not because they believe it, because they know this yeah. is, this almost makes me want to cry actually, yeah. because they know that Christians are going to stop because they won't follow up. They're not, they're not following anyone they're just getting converts yeah and so i do want to talk about that with the idea of so what does it mean so does following jesus mean repenting you know um a proper definition would be actually turning away from your former life your sins doing the 180 and living a different way not you know saying oh i'm sorry like with our kids or our friends or our spouses, we've had, you've said, you're sorry a million times, but they keep doing the same thing. That's yeah. not true repentance. Right. But that goes beyond just saying, I'm sorry, or repenting, and then saying a prayer or saying, I believe in Jesus. And this is really heavy on me because how many times have we, you know, if you are a follower of Jesus, sang the song in church, I have decided, right, to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back powerful song the cross before me the world like i'm carrying my cross i'm gonna go die and are we actually doing that like what does it mean to sing that song and say like you said earlier seth two thousand years ish after his death what does it actually mean yeah. to follow jesus yeah in this in this term or are we just singing nice songs and having easy beliefism yeah yeah, and it's a reality I think in much of the American church faces today where there's this uh, kind of pledge of allegiance to uh, a creed or doctrine, but without true knowledge, without true relationship, mm, without relationship yeah. with Jesus. And what we've come to know and what we've come to share and how we've even changed our approach to introducing people to Jesus is understanding that he is a person. Wow, yeah. And we're so not introducing important. a conceptual agreement of salvation to someone. But if they're truly going to know salvation, they need to know him. They need to know him. And so it's a total different way of approaching, uh, sharing your faith and living this out becomes totally different when you begin to follow the actual person of Jesus and not just a set of doctrinal creeds. So let, that's amazing. Let's share what that looks like practically. Yeah. So let's look like <clears throat> practically before and I will say this a hundred times in this podcast. We don't have it all together. That's right. We are walking and we are trying our hardest. And we hope that if we say something crazy, 
that or something that needs to be sharpened that you will provide feedback so that we can grow together. Sorry. We don't have big egos. So, um, but we're trying to share some things we have learned along the way. So before there would be that moment, we're at the gym, we're working out, we're hanging out and we start talking about uh, Jesus. Maybe we either invite them to church, right? Or be, you know, if we're really bold, we share the gospel with them and we ask them to make a commitment at that given point in time. Right. We're not hating on either one of those things, no, nor are we no, saying you're wrong if you do that. Not at all. Not at all. Don't, don't misunderstand that. But okay, so ver instead of that, Seth, what might it look like to introduce someone practically to the person of Jesus versus the way that we've done it in the past? Well, how I've begun to change my approach is all about relationship, all about deep friendship with people. And so what I used to do was exactly what you said, either A, invite them to church, or B, get them to say their sinner's prayer and, and share the gospel with them. Um, are those two things bad? No, again. But what I do now and what we do now and practice out is how can we begin to form a deep-rooted friendship and relationship with this person to let them know that we really genuinely care about their life? Yeah. How can I be genuine? How can I be generous? Um, how can I be jolly? I just made it through. I, I, I just felt that. <laughs> but how well, jolly, can, jolly starts with a J. Yeah. Generous starts with a G. It's okay. So <laughs> alliteration is finest. Anyways. <laughs> But yeah, so what it looks like now is say, hey, instead of, you know, maybe explicitly sharing the gospel right out there straight out of the gate, and maybe I might do that sometimes. Uh, I might be like, hey, would you want to come and hang out with me? Or hey, would you want to go grab coffee? Or hey, do you want to go to the movies? Um, and, and maybe it doesn't even happen that fast. Maybe it's just like a, a, a subtle, gradual What's building relationship yeah. as as I keep going to the same place and it's consistency. I mean, we've had that with a lot of people at the gym. Yeah, we have. And see, so I can sh brag on Seth. I can see things like even, you know, this week hanging out or hanging out in this off in our office, which is like a home. And he's like, brings up a, a, a scripture or a story. He doesn't say like, Hey, would you turn to Luke chapter nine? Like he's just, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's as simple as, Hey, have you ever heard the story of Zacchaeus? Uh, no, I haven't. You'd be surprised at how many people are actually interested yeah. in listening to stories, especially when they haven't heard it. And then he'll be like, well, do you want to know? And, and almost all the time, right? Yeah. People say, sure. And then he will pull out his Bible or something and, and read the story and ask, you know, some simple questions and stuff like that. But it's us introducing people to that person mm -hmm. of who Jesus is before, you know, before you commit to marrying somebody, you want to be with them. Yeah. You're not just going to, as our buddy Sean Stackback would say, you don't just hand a marriage contract and say, do you want to sign it? As much as we would say, this person's awesome. They're right up your alley. They're beautiful or they're handsome or all this stuff. You're still going to say, I need to spend some time with them first. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to cultivate is that lifestyle. So I also want to make mention because we're, we're saying this, what does it mean to follow Jesus? We've talked a lot about how we're engaging lost people with this. I also want to talk about what it means for the people listening that may be going, oh my gosh, well, I've said a sinner's prayer. I go to church on Sunday. Am I actually following Jesus? So what does it look like for them to say, you know, I'm actually following him? And I, I want to read a passage really quick that was on Seth and I's heart. And this is kind of like a foundational piece to this. And then we can talk about very practically what does it mean for me to for me to follow Jesus? Yeah. Uh, we know part of that is when Jesus uh, last week we read that Jesus is talking, calling the disciples and saying, "Hey, 
if you uh, follow me and I will teach you how to fish for people. It's one of the reasons why we're talking about this because I think following Jesus, part of that is loving people enough to actually care and engage them yeah. and and take care of them yeah. and fish for people. But I'm going to read, if you want to follow along, whatever, I'm going to read Luke chapter 9 and I'm going to start in verse 57. There's some other, in this in the context here, there's some other things that's taking place, um, some calls to what it means to follow him, which we may actually back up to 23. I think Seth probably will because he loves that verse. He's all yeah. fired up about it. Uh, Jesus transfigures before them. A lot of interesting stuff. But in verse 57, it says, as they were traveling on the road, uh, someone said to him. So see how relational this is. See how relational all that Jesus does. Jesus, again, doesn't say sign the doctrinal statement. He says, come follow me. They're traveling on the road. They're going to different cities, and someone has a question for him. Super organic. Su- you know what I mean? Like super relational. And they, they, have a, they have a statement. I'm sorry. And the statement is, I will follow you wherever you go. Okay, so that's what does it mean to follow Jesus? What are the first practical steps to following Jesus? Number one, I would say it doesn't mean that you have to even believe in him. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't. And I know that that's going to frustrate some people and they're going to get angry. It doesn't mean that you have to, yeah, again, sign a statement of, I, you know, believe this, this, and this, this, the first thing is very practical. Just begin to follow, like just follow him. And we'll talk about that here in a second. So Jesus has a response though. He, so this person's like, Hey, I'm going to follow you. And Jesus says, foxes have dens. Birds of the sky, sorry, I have this tr- memorized in a different translation. Birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. So Jesus's response here is, hey, cool, if you want to follow me. But he actually, instead of like what we've done so many times, oh, yeah, you're interested in following Jesus. Oh, yeah, cool. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Jesus kind of pushes back and goes, do you really want to follow me? It's true. Because I, I don't have a home, right? I'm homeless right now. Yeah. And then it says, and the next, it says immediately after that, it says, then he said to another, follow me. So then Jesus says to somebody else, well, hey, you follow me. After he pushes back on this other person, the other person says, but he told him, let the, I'm sorry. He says, Lord, he said, first, let me go bury my father. That's super legitimate reason. Like, hey, hold up. Yeah, I totally want to follow you, but let me go bury my father. A lot of people actually have a problem with this. (laughs) They don't like Jesus's response here. Jesus says some really challenging things, and we need to just stop neutering his words by going, well, he didn't say that, and it was this, and just say, this is what he said. I think, yeah. Anyways, he says, the person responds, let the dead, uh, Jesus responds to them, sorry, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. And I know, just so you know, Elijah asked Elisha, to follow him. And Elisha said, let me go be with my family first. And Elijah said, that's okay. That's fine. Jesus, just so you know, Jesus, I know he's thinking about this is basically saying what I'm doing right now is more timely than that. Like you don't have time for that. The idea that the kingdom of God has come near is so vital that we ain't got time for all that. Mm -hmm. The last one that it says is, Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house, which is what I was just talking about. And Jesus says to them, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. That's exactly what was happening with Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was plowing. And so he's thinking of that in the context of this. And so, Seth, I've talked too much at the moment, I feel like, but 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 I just want to say, like, Jesus pushes back and it 
the the thought of following him is a dedication to a life of walking with him if we want to if we if we want to truly follow him some people follow jesus for a day or two and it's like i'm good yeah some the crowds followed and listened to a thing but if we want to sing a song i'm following jesus no turning back it's a complete dedication yeah yeah and i think what you're seeing from that passage is jesus is saying it's all or nothing mm. it, it's all me and it, you can give up a few things i'm asking for everything will you give up everything to follow me um and i think this verse especially speaks to that um this is you know a few verses before but it says then he said to them all if anyone wants to follow after me let him deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me and a, a lot of people you know wonder what does it mean to take up my cross daily mm-hmm. jesus took up his cross when he you know was going up to golgotha and was going to be crucified um i think jesus is is saying here that if you want to follow me there's going to be a cost yeah and you are going to have to suffer like the, the things of this world are, you are going to have to lay them down if you want to follow me because my kingdom is not of this kingdom. My, of this my world. laws. Yeah. My kingdom is not of the kingdom of this world. Yeah. My laws, my statutes, they, they are different. And you are going to have to give up all that in order to follow me, to come under my authority and reign and yeah. rule. Um, and there's a, there's a, a deepness here that Jesus says, I, I, it's not just a, a, a little bit of, you know, of giving up. It's everything, yeah. everything you have. And there's a, a, a cool piece to that is there's an absolutely new way that Jesus calls his followers to live. And we have to die to the old way of living, which is giving up all this stuff, re- like relaxing, taking our grip off of our finances, taking our grip off of our schedules, taking our grip off all those and, and live a life that is open to what, where Jesus is going and to what Jesus is doing. And in the midst of that, it's like, it's like giving birth. Like it hurts as you're going through the process and it with Jesus, it's still, it's going to hurt your whole life. There's, there's going to be, it's just the reality. Like there's, if you're really following him, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to have run-ins. You're going to have challenges. I'm just being real. Yeah. But there is, I think a place where like, it kind of gives birth to a new way to live. The, if you were in the womb, you would be like, don't let me out. I'm enjoying this. And I think a lot of people are like that. Even people who said, I believe in Jesus, but they, they need to let go to give birth to an absolutely new way to live. Mm. And that absolutely new way to live requires us dying and resurrecting basically to everything being new. Yeah. And that's that's what's intrigued me about following him is when we look at these his disciples and different people that followed him and gave that full-on commitment to doing so, following him meant like giving up the way that they've done things. Like yeah. it meant that that point in time that you know Peter and they're not they're not going to be fishing as much as they used to be. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be doing their way of life as much. They're going to be following. And one of the cool things that I think we we miss and I think is so exciting is that learning from Rabbi Jesus, learning from Master Jesus. It's awesome because you never stop. Yeah, it's it's not a I pray a prayer and I get into heaven. 
That's that if you're if that's your thought, like man, you're missing so much. You're missing, it, yeah. you're missing so much of yeah. learning from him, struggling with him, yeah, failing, picking back up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting excited. You're good. And I think what you're saying is there is a recreation that begins yes. when you start to follow him. And it's a it's really a recreation of who who you were originally designed to be. Like mm-hmm. going back to the garden. Like, how can I come back to that place of intimacy and communion and union with God to to become the being that I was created to be? The Holy, yeah. the Holy Spirit is the breath of life who comes to be our recreator. And so as we begin to listen and obey and follow his leadings and guidings, we begin to change our whole being. Um, and, and I think that you see this in Jesus' life walked out. He says throughout all the scriptures, I only do what I see the Father doing. I mm. only say what I see the, what the Father is saying. And so even Jesus is saying, my, my life is completely and wholly submitted to what the Father is doing and what he wants to accomplish. And so my life at, is completely laid down to what he wants to do. And I can say, yeah. when I begun to really engage the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus' gift to all who believe and follow him, my life began to change because I began to align uh, my desires with the desires of the Father, which is the true desires that I need to live into. Mm-hmm. And so I began to experience fulfillment, contentment, satisfaction in its highest light because I was making the decisions that were divine. Yeah. I was making divine decisions. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> a couple things I want to make mention along these lines is first of all, if you aren't a believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus, relax. Like if you're interested in learning more about him, engaging with him, start to do it. Yeah. Uh, Seth, what would you say to someone that's like, you know what? I'm interested in Jesus. Uh, we're, we're not saying, we're not saying you have to go to a church. We're not no. saying you have to say a statement. No. Like, I think sometimes we it, it's scary for mm-hmm. people who are like interested in Jesus, and then they're like, "Oh, when am I going to go to this church? I'm going to be around all these people who've been following him for a long time, and are they going to judge me? And what are they going to think about me? And and what's going to happen?" What would you tell someone that's like, you know, what I'm I'm interested? Would say he says to you, "When you seek me, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me." Mm. That's a scripture. When you seek me with all your heart you will find me. And so however you're going to seek him, whether that be in the scriptures, whether that be through prayer, whether that be through talking to him, whether that be through going to somebody that you know is connected to God. Yeah. When you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Mm. And if very practically, if you want to read the scriptures and you don't have them, there's plenty of places online where you can, but you can message us and we'll get you a a Bible or get you scripture so you can kind of read through it. And also very practically, if you just need someone to, sit there with you. We have people that can do it and we could even do it through zoom. Like if you're not in the middle Tennessee area and you're just interested, we can hook you up with people who will sit down with you and not tell you the answers. That's right. Or we'll slap them. (laughs) Uh, Not tell you the answers, but just guide through questions so that you can discover for yourself, you know, who God is. The other thing I wanted to mention, Seth, and uh, we're coming close to our our thirty minute. It's uh, quick time. Yeah, it goes by so fast. Is if you're that person that's sitting there and you have been, you know, say I'm following Jesus or I'm a disciple of Jesus or I believe in Jesus, and you're going, okay, how can I I begin to practically 
follow him. Um, I would say this. We, as people who believe in Jesus, who've been baptized, and as Seth said, resurrected to this new life, all these awesome things, we are Christ's body, is what the scripture says. So we don't see, as Seth mentioned earlier, Jesus walking around on the face of this earth. Actually, we do, and it's us. Yeah. It's not Seth. It's not me. It's all of us. Mm -hmm. That is Christ's physical body. And the reason, the way that we're connected and we is through the Spirit. So as Christ is seated right now, and I don't want to get super theological, in heavenly places, the leader is, he is leading through his Spirit, yeah. the Holy Spirit. It's true. His kingdom is being advanced through the spirit. So what we should do, be doing, I sound, it sounds really dogmatic, what we should be doing right now, but what we're invited to, let's say it that way, that's much better. What we're invited to is a life that is discerning where Jesus is working. Where do you see at your workplace? Where do you see at your school? Where do you see Jesus working? Whose lives is he are he is he working in who is needing help that you can see there's an opportunity and then you begin to follow Jesus where he's at yeah many of us have a lot of opportunities before us if we would slow down mm -hmm. and live a slowed down life that is asking god are you working there right now yeah i want to go do that i want to join you i want to join you <laughs> that's good man that's really fired good. up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think uh, another part of this, uh, I just wanted to read the scripture real quick before we're, we're closing down. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. Um, and so following Jesus is about consistency as well. Mm. And about yeah. if you fall down, you pick yourself up and Jesus will pick you up and his Holy Spirit will pick you up and you can begin to start again. And we have failed so many times. Yeah. His followers did. Yes. They're arguing about who's the greatest. And he's like, what do you, let me have a kid. Come over here, kid. This is the greatest. <laughs> Stop fighting. Like, uh, yeah. like, let me just crush this whole thing. Uh, oh my gosh. That's, yeah. man, that's powerful. All this is really good. There was something else I was going to say that I was excited about saying. I was going to say this real quick too. If you, oh, if I got you it. feel like, uh, you say, I don't even know if I have the Holy Spirit. Honestly, it's hard for me to hear the voice of God. I don't really know what you're talking about when you say that. I've never heard from God. Uh, Jesus says to ask for his Holy Spirit, and he will, give, ask. He will give him to you. <laughs> say, can I have a Holy Spirit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be like, thus the Lord, oh God, give me the Holy Spirit uh, right now, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he even says, a good father will not give his son a snake if he asks for a piece of bread, there nor will he give him a rock. So he says, even more so, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, will your father not give him to you? And so I just wanted to encourage you, ask for the Holy Spirit. If you have trouble hearing from God, uh, if you want to see the miracles of God begin to operate in your daily life, the power of the Holy Spirit is how those things begin to happen. Mm -hmm. And ask for him, and he will come and, and live inside of you. So I'll ask Seth to, we can ask Seth to pray for that. I want to mention the very last thing that I thought is, when you begin, as you begin to follow Jesus, it always happened in community. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen as isolated. And so like, that's another big piece to it is whether it's going to a church building or whether it's finding people who know Jesus or people who don't, who were like at first when Jesus called his disciples, they didn't believe in him. 
you can have a group of people who don't believe. So if, and if you have them and go, Hey, I would like to start reading some of these scriptures together. Yeah. And because it was always done, it's so much better when you do it as family, as sure. you do it in community of people. So that's a, that's a really important piece too, but you want to pray for us as we leave today? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just pray and ask for the Holy spirit and um, just to guide us. And just, just if you want to receive this prayer again, I just ask that you open your heart and um, you know, pray it with me, pray, pray your own prayer in your own heart. If you want to receive the Holy spirit and if you want to, begin to really follow Jesus in a deeper way. Maybe you, maybe you feel like, yeah, I've kind of been slacking off. It kind of just has been religion. I've just been yeah. going through the motions. I've just been going to church. And you would say, Jesus, I really want to follow you. Will you help me to do that? Um, he will help you. And so this is kind of a call to action is, is just to, how can you begin to really repent and begin to follow him now, today, daily? Yeah. Know, don't think about next week. Think about how can I follow him today? What does he ask me to do today? So Lord yeah. Jesus, um, I thank you for the people that are listening, and I, I pray that you just put a special blessing on their heart right now. I pray that your your Holy Spirit just just fills them right now, the power of God in their car, uh, on their phone, sitting on their couch, that the peace of God fills them. And Lord, all that are hungry, you say, I will give them something to eat. All that are thirsty, you say, my water is water for life, and you will never be thirsty again. And so, Lord, I pray that you give them your living water, yeah. pour it out on them, uh, let them be satisfied. Let them take and eat. Let them take and drink and be filled. Uh, and Lord, bless them and as they follow you, that your Holy Spirit would show them how to follow you day by day, that they would speak and do and talk and act in accordance with your will and so change the world when they walk within your divine purpose for their life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Man, yeah. I should have, said that be- should have said this at the beginning of the podcast. We are getting on all of the channels. So this is not just live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, right now we're on Spotify, on Google. They used to call it Google Play. Maybe it's still called Google Play. I can't remember. On Amazon Music. And we're working on finally getting everything up on iTunes. So subscribe to any of those. Uh, you can also go to podbean.bread and wine. No, bread, wine, bread, wine, no and. Breadwine.podbean.com if you want to listen there as well. All right, we love all y'all and we'll see you uh, in a couple weeks for episode number three.